Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Friday Roundtable Show. We record this at 8.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, normally on every Friday. If I can rustle up a panel, and I've managed to do it again, beloved listeners and viewers, and we've got a small panel, but a powerful panel of regulars. I've, I think in a quiet week, I've managed to rustle up some good stories, but I'll let the panel decide on my abilities there. Oh, God. Um, so, Sally, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Uh, certainly. My name is Sally Getch. I am the WP fangirl uh, <clears throat> and uh, also the organizer of the East Bay WordPress meetup in Oakland, California. And uh, I am here because I have opinions and cute cats. Yes. We love, love the opinions. We love the cats even more. There we go. Uh, Chris. Would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yep. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. My name is Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of a WordPress plugin called Lifter LMS, which people use to create, sell, and protect engaging online courses. And if you're watching this live, we just released a blog post a few minutes ago talking about what's coming next. We've got some exciting times ahead. So you can find me at LifterLMS.com. I also have a podcast for course creators called LMSCast. Oh, he's going for a sip of water there. All right, I'll tell you. Um, John, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? John Locke of Lockdown Design and SEO, uh, helping uh, people with SEO all the time. Right, before we go into our first story, I'd like to tell you something about one of our sponsors, one of our great sponsors, and that's WP Fusion. And what is WP Fusion? Well, it allows two things in your technology stack to really communicate more effectively between themselves. And that's your WordPress website and your CRM of choice, Drip, Active Campaign. There's a whole army of them. But, but, you know, the name of the game in 2019 is marketing automation. And WP Fusion really puts it on steroids. It really allows your WordPress website to really communicate really deep with your choice of CRM. Now, if you're a developer, power um, user, i.e. you've got a membership site, learning management system, um, WooCommerce, you should be interested in this. So go to the WP Fusion website, have a look at their packages, have a look at what they've got to offer, you're going to be blown away. And we've got an extra exclusively for you listeners and viewers. If you go to the WP Fusion site, buy one of their packages and use the coupon code WP Tonic or uppercase, you will get 25% of any of their packages. And that's exclusively only for you, WP Tonic listeners and viewers. So on to the main story. Justin Tadlock proposes idea to solve common theme issues. What did you think of this one, Sally? I think it's a good idea. I, you know, I, I, believe that it would make the lives of both theme developers and the theme review team easier to have uh, some of this stuff, you know, centrally available, you know, that the 
technology of, you know, do you make it the libraries? Do you make it this? Do you make it that? There's you know, some discussion on that. I'm not sure entirely, but, you know, one of the reasons that I use the Genesis framework to, to build with is because, you know, it's got all that part done and, and uh, I just have to do the, the, the child theme. So I think anything that makes it easier for developers to create better quality code and easier for the theme review team uh, to go through the submissions and approve them uh, is a good good thing. Oh, that's right. What do you reckon, Chris? I think it's a great idea. Anytime standardization can be introduced to so people aren't reinventing the wheel on something that's not necessarily creative or innovative, um, you know, that just speeds up innovation. I mean, for example, WordPress itself is makes standardizes a publishing process. So therefore bloggers and creators can, you know, speed up their deployment process. So the idea of having a standard kind of admin notice system, I think is a great idea. And this is one of the things I like about Gutenberg in general is that the concept of blocks and like the various, you know, things related to them, it kind of standardizes what plugins do. So that um, you know, all these meta boxes don't look different and stuff like that. We still have a long way to go, but I think it's a great idea to move forward on, and I think it will speed up innovation, time to market, and creativity. All right. What do you reckon, John? Right. So I think this is a good idea. Um, according to the article, I mean, anything is on the table. Nothing is out of bounds. Obviously, block libraries uh, that. Uh, could be a practical application, but this could be anything, you know, from the customizer to admin styles. It could be a lot of things. And uh, the, the one thing, those it says those interested should have knowledge of Git, Composer, and object-oriented programming. So, uh, but yeah, this, um, th- this is a good idea, definitely, as uh, WordPress continues to change. Yeah, I think also because it comes from Justin. Yeah, I, I am not volunteering to be team lead on that project. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, you might, no, much, no, much, no, much no, too wise. that say, I suck at Git. Um. You're just wise. I would not want to do that. But, and I think also it comes from Justin, and he's, um, he's a very respected figure in the WordPress community. So, you know, um, I think something will come of it, don't you? Yeah, right. On to the next story. Mary Meeker's most important trends on the internet. So what did you reckon about this one, Chris? There's a lot of great statistics in here. Um, one of the ones I want to focus on is of the top 25 most valuable tech companies, 60% were founded by first or second generation immigrants. And a lot of innovation, and so the, it's making the argument that we should be careful with our immigration laws in the United States so as not to squash the innovation that happens in this country. Um, Yeah, I just find it interesting how innovators and entrepreneurship often comes out of like the struggle. And if you are an immigrant to a new country or second generation immigrant, in some ways, if it's, you're not, you don't have your native language, you know, there's different cultures you got to figure out and all this stuff. It breeds for somebody who has like a hustle and a drive to, you know, get through that and use that. So I, I just think that's a really interesting point. Um, also, the the cost of advertising going up is happening. When I first started doing video marketing on YouTube back 10 years ago, it was so cheap. And uh, 
I was able to actually, I was using it to sell real estate and I was able to sell some real estate double for what I bought it for at the height of the recession. And that's when I personally realized the power of video marketing. This is before I got into WordPress and tech. But the cost to do that stuff is, is really going up. And we're just feeling that everywhere, which is they were echoing in here. And they were also, the third thing I just want to highlight is the mention of images and video being really high traffic content types on the, on the internet. And that's only increasing. I mean, people are more and more communicating through selfies, through emojis, through like images to kind of define their best life on Instagram or whatever. So uh, visual communication, I think, is a very powerful skill set that people should just learn the rules of and figure out how to leverage it and also just enjoy the process. Right. What do you reckon, John? Yeah, a lot of great stats here. Um, Internet ad spending is up 22% uh, from the year before, which is quite a bit. Uh, And most of that is going to Google and Facebook. I, I, I believe it's like 75 cents of every online ad dollar. Uh, the other thing that, that, that was interesting is, uh, is that Americans are spending more uh, time with digital media. So it's 6.3 hours a day, which is, I mean, if you, if you take out the time that you sleep and the time that you work, that's like almost the rest of your day. It's crazy. Yeah, I could go somewhere there. Oh, but well, I'm sure nobody in this room spends all day in front of a computer. <laughs> yeah. Nah, never, never, never. So what What do you reckon, Sally? Um, there were a couple of, of things that uh, that struck me. Uh, first, on the, on the immigration, the other thing that happens is people get ideas for software and they move to the United States in order to run their startups because of the reputation that we have as, as a country that supports entrepreneurs. Uh, and um, I, I, I uh, you know, I agree that we don't want to stifle that. Um, but, I, you know, what struck me is like, oh, no, all this privacy is, is going to interfere with our targeted advertising plans. Um, and, uh, yeah, let me get out the tiny violin. Um Hey, uh, but that and the, uh, you know, the massive growth of the online gaming and the, you know, uh, Twitch as a, as a platform for, you know, all kinds of things that you might not have expected if, if you aren't following it. Um, it's not done. Uh, it's not something I really follow, but I, you know, I hear just enough about it to, to understand that this is becoming like this is really a thing. Uh, it's such a thing that because I have this fancy graphics card in my new computer, every time I open solitaire, it asks me if I want to like turn on the live streaming to Twitch. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure there's a huge audience that wants to watch me play solitaire. Um, yes. All right. On to the next story. Um, TechCrunch, WordPress VIP Go sites. I experience outrage. Yes, us included. Oh dear, TechCrunch, you get a bit sassy there. What do you reckon about this one, John? Yeah, so apparently there, uh, the, the VIP hosting had a, a bit of some downtime the other day. And a lot of these sites, they had to uh, revert to the, what is that, the 2017? Uh, yeah, that's the 2017. It's probably a GoDaddy account. <laughs> But uh, yeah, is I, I think one of these companies that might have been TechCrunch. They were uh, oh, this is it. Yeah, they were running on Tumblr to to kind of get the word out. But uh, 
Yeah, it was. It affected a lot of sites, uh, but it seems like they're all back to normal. So good for them. Did we ever find out what actually happened? Uh, I don't know. Uh, somebody pulled a cord out of the server or something. You know, probably spilled a coffee on a keyboard. Who knows? These things that well, maybe. What do you reckon, Chris? Any insights about this particular story? It's a little bit meta to say, but WordPress VIP is like a hosted solution. Just forget that it's WordPress. And I think WordPress, the self-hosted thing, has a bad rap of like things going down or whatever. But the reality is even like hosted solutions go down. I mean, constantly we see issues, not in a bad way. We just kind of accept it as part of reality where Slack goes down, Help Scout goes down, Trello's down. Um, right, Facebook goes down and everybody... Like it happens, to every, it happens to everybody. It's just kind of part of the deal. And the main thing, as long as the company can get it up soon as possible and not try to hide the fact, you know, it's, it's just a part of, of online these days and, and tech. Um, so that's just, that's just the reality of it all these days when you have an online business and an online presence. This is why hosting companies, if you look at the fine print, they guarantee like 99.9% percent uptime or it's never 100 percent. if they say 100%, they're not god are they oh what they're not god are they no like inevitably something will happen and i'm sure wordpress vip go resolve this fairly quickly but it happens to the best of us yeah the, the thing you know and there's also i kind of link it a little bit to um i i was in a group with lee jackson and hopefully he's going to come back on the show on a more regular basis in the next couple of weeks. And um, they were talking about hosting and um, there's a trend for people to try and, as a developer, to host themselves, our services. And I just think it's, it's, it's a diabolical idea, folks. Don't do it. Don't be tempted. Get a hosting partnership with somebody. Uh, what do you reckon, Sally? I have no idea why anybody would, who is a developer would want to do hosting. I have no uh, idea. And yeah, I mean, I know people who do, but it's like I never wanted to be a hosting reseller. No, ever, ever, never, ever. never, 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 ever. It's, it's bad enough that I have ended up managing the, uh, the Plesk installations for a couple of people who are in Media Temple. Yeah, I bet that's joyous. Well, it's mostly a matter of you push the update button, but it, and you know, and and their their help is helpful, yeah. but it's kind of like, oh, okay. So how do I install PHP seven point, you know, whatever? Because you know nobody had been maintaining these servers. It's like, oh, I didn't realize we had an account where you have to do that. Just shoot me now. Uh, <laughs> there we go. All right, we've got some more stories. Going to go for our break, folks. Or shall we? No, let's do the, let's do the other. No, let's do the other story, and then after that, I'll hey, do... Jonathan, take a break. Take and a I'm break. going to tell you why because I'm going to cut a promo on this. All right, I'm taking so take a break. I'm going to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. 
So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. John's intrigued me. So um, shall I go on to the next story or do you want to say something? No, the promo's on this next story. Right, yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, God. The making of a YouTube radical. I was brainwashed. <laughs> I wish Morton was with us today because I can see me getting into a real argument with him. So, John, what did you um, think of this one? Right. So, there is, there, there is reasons why I suggest this. Obviously, um, look, the, the climate in the world, not just here in, in the U.S., but all over the place, um, is being influenced by social media. It's being influenced by YouTube. And a lot of people that join these extremist groups that join white nationalist and uh, hate groups, a lot of them say that they're being radicalized on YouTube, but people are doing it to themselves. And I want to I point out a couple of things here. You know, these, it, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Higher Learning from the 90s, where, where the main character, or one of the, not the main character, but one of the main characters, he's a young man, young white man. He's like a heavy metal kid and he's disenfranchised doesn't uh he's looking for an identity he's looking for direction he falls in with these neo-nazi guys it's like people who watch these videos i think a lot of them don't believe that they're radicalizing themselves or they're being radicalized um but if you watch this garbage day in day out maybe you're not getting fitted for a hugo boss uniform today but you're on that path now, here's the thing that really distresses me. The other day, or this past week, I should say, apparently there are some people on YouTube that got demonetized that peddle in uh, this type of hatred. And in this kind of Alex Jones kind of, uh, we're going to use racism as a way to make money. We're going to use sexism and homophobia and all this other stuff as a way to make money. Uh, and we're going to peddle like T-shirts with gay slurs and, you know, have all this racist imagery on our YouTube platforms. And I've I seen a few people, not just one, but, but a few uh, saying that, you know, oh, it's a you know, tough week for content creators. You know, take care of your platform, make sure you monetize it. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people were you know, in agreement with this. Uh, but I don't know that they realize the context. Uh, some of these people, they really just are peddling racism. It's kind of like Fox News. They're peddling racism and fear and, you know, if, fearing the immigrants, fearing anybody who's not straight, white, male, Christian, allegedly. And it's just toxic. Nor, and I, I even saw some people say the vocal minority on YouTube is turning, you know, making people like do this, the vocal minority. Even in rural America, because I come from a rural town. I didn't always live in a big city. Even in rural America, this type of racist 
sexist, homophobic uh, cesspool. That's the only way I can describe it. It's, it's garbage. Normal people do not listen to this and put this in their brain day after day. And if you put that in your brain day after day, then, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Normal people don't do it. That's, um, that's, well, it depends what you think. I think I would say happy people don't do it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's very observant. I mean, you know, the, the, like the thing, that, the, the thing that popped instantly into my mind looking at this was Symbionese Liberation Army. That, you know, people, there are a lot of people in a sort of vulnerable state. And, you know, you may have greater or lesser sympathy for, for why they are uh, emotionally open to this. Uh, and they're looking for something. And, and you know, groups like this will give you a way to belong and a, a, a way to feel like you have value because you're defining yourself as better than these other people. And it's seductive and you keep going. Now, if you already have strong social connections, a sense of purpose, you know, things that you value, you're more likely to, to see those things and, and think, well, they're a little wacky. Uh, and, and, you know, that all seems kind of hostile and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to watch more of that. Um, but, you know, it is easy to get sucked in and it's easier to be sucked in because of the ubiquity of the digital stuff and because of the algorithms turning up a lot of clickbait and, and things that are effectively toxic. And, you know, I mean, I gave up reading the newspaper uh, when I was in grad school because most of it was just like, shit, I can't do anything about that upsets me. And so it's kind of like, well, I want to know, you know, well, they probably want you to feel about what's going on, they but probably want, probably want you to feel that anyway, don't they? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of like, I want to know enough to know, is there a thing I can take some action I've on? come to the conclusion that most established media wants, it wants its listeners and viewers to feel totally un, unpowered, totally lacking any personal power or any ability to change anything so that, that so they become totally um, pliable. Um, I think in Britain and in the US, that's the main objective for almost all media. It, it may be. I don't know that it's only the mainstream media that necessarily has that that objective of, of you know. But, uh, you know, most of us, the place where we can make the most difference is in our immediate lives and direct connections. And that, you know, concentrating on what we can do and doing it. Uh, is likely to be more useful than yeah uh, this that's yeah thanks for that point um, I want to put this to Chris um Chris you know we could go on a bit of a political rant you know you know and I've I've been noted to do that uh, surprise surprise Chris I'm so, I'm sure you're shocked uh, um but I want to get onto this because obviously this is in your area um of of study in a way do you think the actual technology element of YouTube, social media, do you think because they're new medias, they have fundamentally added something to the mix? Or do you think these tendencies have always been there and the medium, the easy access to the medium, um, 
has just shown it and shown more light to it? Or do you think the actual medium is adding a new element to the concoction? I don't think the new media is adding anything at all. I think it's just accelerating the fact that the... Basically, let me just back up and say story is what makes us human. And this, whether it's a religion, a television show, a uh, advertisement, a book, a uh, story that our grandparents told us, a story that we overhear on it while traveling, stories are what make us human and they're how we conceptualize reality. And... Um, part of the purpose of story is to help us figure out our identity. And we, ha- we are having um, a lot of identity crises going on for several reasons. One, we have a lot of what I call olders, not elders. So we're not, our elders are not giving us the stories. We're not, like in the past, you know, elders, we lift them up, we respect them, they lead. And now, in many ways, they're kind of pushed to the side. So we don't have that. They're kind of like olders that are kind of moved away. And now we're really focusing on like the celebrity instead and like youth instead of old is where we get our stories. And also, like Margaret Mead said, you can only perceive your own culture from the context of another, which is one of the reasons why those immigrants coming into the U.S., have a high degree of success rate in tech startups is because they have perspective and they're just, you know, they're coming to a land with more opportunity and uh, accessibility to business and stuff like that. But their perception of reality is colored by the context of the other culture they came from, not from an online culture. So then it goes to the difference between journalism versus entertainment. So the storytelling of reporting of the facts is journalism. But what we have now, we don't have journalism anymore. We have opinion, we have entertainment. And inside that entertainment is often a hidden or overt agenda to monetize. And what do marketers do? What are salespeople taught? Agitate the problem, agitate, focus on the pain, focus on the desire. And through that agitation, you get lots of clicks, which means you get more ad revenue, affiliate income, or when you go to a story uh, talking about like products, if there's a lot of products in there, is that an affiliate marketer doing good journalism? Or is that an affiliate marketer that is out to gain themselves by telling the story that will cause the most clicks and cause the most revenue to flow into the pocket? So there's a lot going on in this, but yeah, you know. In a way, I was kind of taken back to, you know, the start of the 20th century, you know, with um, yellow yellow reporting, as it was called, Um, you know, the tabloid um, papers that were established in America at that time. Like Uh, the Enquirer? Yeah, you know, they, they, you know, Hearst, you know. Um, and well, there was, a, I mean, you know, <coughs> Victorian era was wonderful for tabloid uh, uh, production. They they do predate a modern industry, but. Uh, yeah, but you could even go back in the 17th century in London. Um, um, 
you know, before the war, you know, before America left, um, you know, had its war of independence in 17th century London, there was an enormous craft tradesman. And when you read the, the pamphlets and the booklets that were distributed and the, you know, the flux of ideas and comments, um, it makes today's, um, um, commentary look mild. Um, and like I say, get back to Hearst, you know, fundamentally, you know, what I've read of his yellow journalism and the style, it was a major driver, um, in, driving America to become a colonial power in the Philippines, the war with Spain, the war in Cuba. You know, some commentators directly say that that those media uh, elements were main drivers um, in making America a more colonial um, and aggressive power. So um, I'm not sure... But on the, the same thing, you know, you know, some of these, you know, Stefan, um, when it could become, you know, actually of this group, um, Stefan, I'm the most critical of. I, I cannot stand the man. Um, you know, I can't even listen to him anymore. Um, when it, Paul Joseph Watson, is, you know, th- these are, you know, in London we would call them shit stirrers. <laughs> That's fundamentally their trade. Um, um, What do you reckon, John? Do you think this is actually something new or do you think it's just the old kind of new technology but the message is quite old, really? The the message is old. Um, and, and, And whenever there's turbulence, you know, whenever there's radical change happening, um, people get fearful and they cling to they want basically that's when you see authoritarianism rise people want a strong man to to lead that's why you see what's happening in the, the US Dutcher, the Dutcher. the UK you see it happening in Australia you see it happening all these different places people are uncertain but social media YouTube no, I, I actually disagree with you there actually John oh okay I'm, I'm going to strongly disagree um I don't think that's the case at all actually Mm. I think people are uncertain. No, um, I think they're financially under strain, uh, mm. um, and everything is driven by money. Fund, dr- yeah, let's look at who's the real criminals, you know what I mean? Not like our fellow people that are you know one step below us. Let's look at the people who are like you know, have 10,000 times, like a hundred thousand times. The money that we'll ever see in our lifetime. Well, I don't think, uh, it's, I don't think it's even that in some ways. You know, yeah. I don't. I actually, I'm not that bothered by somebody making a load of money. Well, that um, okay. I'm bothered. No, but I think John's point is is that you know uh, the agitation uh, happens among people who are certainly not financially in. Yeah. I I, I, so I suggested that to it because of that. Yeah, but it's not created by the, that. Yeah. The reason why, yeah, and like I said, to, 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 to close on this, the reason why I suggested this story, I think that, I mean, at least I feel, human beings, if we see right and wrong, we have a duty to call it out. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, I, I, here in Sacramento, I was at a Chamber of Commerce meeting 
two years ago where the sheriff of Sacramento County was basically suggesting to a crowd of older people uh, that we should get rid of the homeless people and the immigrants. Get rid of. So uh, that's what I'm saying. That's where this kind of talk leads. It doesn't start. Uh, it starts with talk. And that's why I'm saying let's, I'm, I'm saying I'm going to push back on talk like that because I think it is, it's garbage. Hate talk is not acceptable no. in, in my world. Sorry. Now, I looked at this and I decided I wasn't until you, you suggested we discuss this. I had looked at the story and I was personally interested in it, but um, I had got pushed back by some of the um, panel for choosing. But I, I am interested. Um, I think we'll, just, to, just to finish this and move on to the next story, um, basically, I think we've come to the conclusion that it's not the technology platform that's causing something new. It's fundamentally these issues are very old um, and the technology is just an amplifier to Finn's attitudes, opinions. It Basically, I, I think we came under the, the, the delusion that you can pass laws and passing laws, they do help, but they don't change people's hearts. Well, um, having laws basically gives you a recourse after a thing happens. Exactly. It does, it, you know, it does not necessarily prevent it from happening because most of the people who obey laws are already not doing these things. Well, unfortunately, yeah. And, you know, also the financial consequences or, you know, it acts as a, a de, you know, um, a depressor. Well, Actually, there, there have been a lot of studies that basically show um, punishment does not act as a deterrent to crime because people no. don't think they're going to get caught. Exactly. Thank you for that. All right, on to the next one. Oh, oh God. <laughs> this is another one from John. This picture featuring 15 tech men and two women look doctored. The women were photoshopped in. Um, I don't need to choose. Oh, you want to, you want to comment on this, Sally? As the experienced token woman, I think it's silly. Uh, really, it's like, you know, it's so so they did something, it really is pathetic. Isn't it's, it? it's, it's just, it's sort of trivial. It seems like the women were along. They somehow didn't notice they weren't in the picture. I don't know. Maybe they asked them to take the photo and then realized the optics were bad. But it, it just like, all right, look, it's the taking the women out of the pictures. Yeah, but it's bad Photoshop as well, isn't it? Uh, you know, as, as, as issues. Uh, that are, you know, truly damaging to women go, this thing is not noticeable. You can, I think the um, the um, Stalin in the 1930s did better photoshopping without Photoshop than this. What do you, <laughs> what do you reckon, Chris? Yeah, I mean, whenever, I mean, sometimes you're at a party or you're commemorating an event and like the camera person or somebody just was in the bathroom or something and didn't make it in the shot and you put them in. So it's all about the motivation behind putting them in. And what, what does that mean? So like, what's the meaning behind that? I have to just throw that question out there and, and just share a very small story. When I was a senior in high school, I wasn't very ambitious in what I was trying to do. So I signed up for sewing class. I was, if you were to line up the class, I would be the only guy standing there, but that's fine. So what? Like, uh, I guess like there's two layers is like, what's the reason for Photoshopping? 
And then what is the gender imbalance? Like, what are we trying to, what does that mean in this context? I don't have an answer. I'm just saying this is right. how does we it, you know, this. Does it matter more that there were only two women in the group than, yeah. than that they did or did not get into the picture? Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, do we care that much about, you know, a, a bunch of, of rich people taking a, a trip to see a designer? Yeah, I don't know. Did they, uh, what do you reckon? Do you put this one, John? I'm, uh, I didn't read it all. Did they? Did he actually say why they did this at all? John? Well, this was this is like in Italy, right? Oh well, that, well, that yeah. I, I mean, I you know. It, it, <laughs> oh, I don't know. We should. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, there's always a long way to go. You know, um, I just you know, it, it is. They obviously knew that the optics were bad. Otherwise, they wouldn't have photoshopped it. They wouldn't have even bothered. Um. You know, let's continue to lift up, you know, people that we see underrepresented that are very capable because I know that there's many, many capable women that could run circles around me as far as like development. So let's continue to lift them up. Yeah, sure. All right. On to the next one. All right. Google will stop syncing files between drive and photos. And the reason why I kind of introduced this one, because it it doesn't seem that important, but it to me, it's a kind of warning when people rely on SAS because at some stage, because um I, you know, on my phone I've got limited um iPhones are notorious for having small um um storage capacity unless you go for the really expensive one. So I use Google um photos to move my photos to drive, basically. It's one of the main reasons why I use it. And uh, I was a bit peeved off when I read this, buddy, but it's typical of a large company. What do you reckon, Chris, what do you reckon about this story? It actually reminds me of uh, iPhoto and then the Photos app. And there was a period where, I mean, I'm a longtime Apple user, and I did everything in iPhoto, and then all of a sudden this parallel thing showed up with photos. And then I saw like less technical people coming into the Apple world and having trouble, like, what's the difference? How do these things work together? And then all of a sudden iPhoto disappeared off the operating system. It, there has to be like an upgrade path. If you're going to take something away, you got you to gotta solve the problem in a better way and make the transition better. And that's, I think, um, it's a huge issue that I actually think about a lot, like in terms of curation, especially images now. Like if you think generationally, like what your kids are going to look at. Uh, if you're older, you remember like perhaps like your great-grandparents or grandparents or whatever, there's like maybe as big, at, at a big size, like a trunk full of like actual photos and like maybe several albums. But now the photo stack is just massive. Like I think there's not a lot of there's not like a solution and we're not really thinking about what happens when like our g- descendants want to go back and look at our images. It's like, we don't, we don't want to lose yes, that. I don't have so. any descendants. <laughs> yeah. Or society, whoever, like when they come back to look at this person and their digital footprint, uh, there, we need a way to curate all this stuff. And uh, like you're saying, Jonathan, you don't have enough space on your iPhone. It's just, we need to figure out this whole curation thing and, uh, you know, helping people manage photos better with less friction. It's a huge opportunity. But this is a typical Google, 
Yeah. Uh, listen, me. Uh, what do you reckon about it's this? Google. One? You know, stuff yeah. disappears often, and it sounds like they were attempting uh, to, or at least they're they're saying that you know they were attempting to deal with with uh, complaints people had about duplication or confusion or whatever. And it, I don't know. It seems at least equally confusing what they've done. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out how all this stuff goes because you know I've only owned a smartphone for a couple of months. Um, oh yeah, you're you're virgin to this. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very new, and it's you know, and it's got like a Google Photos thing, and it's got like then this sort of like native Motorola Photos thing, and it's got like Amazon Photos, and and it's like where the heck is all this stuff? Just trying to figure it out, and then tell it yes, store it on the memory card and not on the. Uh, you know, well, at least you've got. got at least you're obviously you're, you're Android. Obviously. Yes. Well, at least you got a memory card. <laughs> oh, you're not going to respond to that. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I wanted an uh, unlocked phone that was not tied to a plan, and I haven't got the money to pay for a, a iPhone out of pocket. Um, no, no. Well, you made a wise decision. You know, what do you reckon, John? You're muted, I think, John. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have too many thoughts. I mean, I get confused, like with iPhoto and and mm. that, much less like Google Photo and Drive. I, uh, if I really want something, I'll just save it in Dropbox. That's it. So, well, yeah, that's why I keep both because they have made Google Drive a bit easier to use, but um, you can still have permission nightmares and like hour and a half later you're still flapping around and you think oh sod it let's bun it into dropbox well they increased the price of my dropbox though by 20 bucks a year but they did double the storage so um but i I thought it was just kind of be wary that's the nice thing about wordpress isn't it chris you know um you know with a SaaS product it can be appealing and then suddenly um they change they change the terms and conditions, don't they? And it's not so attractive, is it, Chris? That's right. This happened to me. Just a quick story. Uh, when my first child was born, I wasn't really into WordPress, and I started a, bo- uh, a <laughs> image blog to share baby pictures on a platform called Posterous or Posterous. I remember. That. I remember which, that. And then it shut down. There, it looked like there was some drama between the founders. I'm like, these are all my baby pictures, and. Uh, one, it seemed like one of the founders started something else called Post Haven, which I still have to this day, and it's how we share photos, you know, all over the place. But um, I just remember getting shut down on, and with some very important photos that I was relying on the cloud, and they, luckily, they provided a way to import into this other service, and there was like a, a lifeline. But that was kind of a we were lucky that that existed. All right. Oh dear. There we go. Right. Um, so let's go on to our recommendations of the week. And um, I've been looking at a kind of pop-up replacement on my website called, um, what is it called? It's called Contactually. Um, I've been making, messing around. I haven't got it fully set up to go on my own website, but it's, it's it, you can generate more custom bolts and um, it's really quite, and they offer a free account. So if that sounds interesting, go to continually, continue, it'd be in the show notes, dot L-Y. So it's contactually, yeah, it's very, very, it's got that kind of modern use of a domain name. It's very interesting. Um, John, have you got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? 
Yeah, there's a there's a YouTube channel that that's been on my radar. Uh, uh, a young uh, man out of uh, the Midwest, uh, Brendan Hufford. He's the head of marketing uh, at Click Studios, uh, and I'll put the link in there. But he's currently doing a um, series called "100 Days of SEO." Uh, so he's right in the middle of that. I'll, I'll put the link in there, but definitely if, if you're looking for a uh, SEO YouTube channel to follow, besides myself, uh, you, you could definitely follow him. So. Oh, there we go. Chris, have you got anything you want to share with the listeners and viewers? Yeah, I just I also just interviewed Brendan on my podcast, LMSCast. Ah. He's a smart, sharp guy. Uh, but uh, my tip is I have a chat tool that I really like called Drift. They recently released something called Drift Video, uh, yeah. which makes it even easier to, to put video into your conversational marketing, fl- marketing flow. Uh, so go check that out at drift.com forward slash video. Yeah, I'm oscillating between them and this contactually. Um, but actually, I think um, if I can sort out the custom bolt um, this weekend, I probably will be taking theirs out and use contactually, but they're both fantastic. Uh, um, Sally, got anything you want to share with the listeners and viewers? Uh, yes. My tip for this week is uh, that ACF Theme Code Pro now supports ACF blocks. Uh, so if you are somebody who likes the idea of, you know, using uh, advanced custom fields to create blocks, but it, uh, you want to save some time in writing the code for your block templates as, as a result, uh, this will now generate that code for you, and you can just you know copy and paste it into your uh, theme or, or plugin as appropriate. Yeah, do post that in the chat. I know you put it in our Slack channel, but the other two have posted in chat, so if you can post that into chat. Not a problem. It will put. It will save me a few seconds. All right, I think we've got. For, we, you know, we all agree with, with a lot of these stories, but I think I found some interesting stuff for us to discuss. Um, Sally. How can people find out more about you and what you're up to? You can find me at WPFangirl.com. You can find me on Twitter as at Sally Getch, and you can find my cats on Instagram under my profile. Uh, Chris, how can people find more about you, what you're up to, and your company? You can find me over at LifterLMS.com. I also have a podcast for course creators called LMSCast. And if you're watching this live or uh, on the on the podcast, listening to, go to the Lifter LMS blog. We're announcing uh, five new products rolling out wow. uh, for your WordPress LMS. One is groups. One is uh, custom fields for Lifter LMS. Another one is a Zapier integration. Another is a advanced video functionality, the likes of which WordPress has never seen, and an incredible REST API for developers who are building out. Uh, or mobile apps with their their course platforms, or or wanting Y'all to have been busy. develop a bunch of other stuff that integrates with Lifter. So check out that blog post at blog.lifterlms.com. Yeah, it's been in that cave, old Chris doesn't let him wow. out. Oh, yeah, it's like daylight <laughs> for a year, probably. Uh, Rob's just got a big bushy beard now. <laughs> uh, right, uh, John. Uh, Rob, how do people find out more about you and your ideas and what you're up to? Right. You can find me at my website, LockdownSEO.com. You can also check out my YouTube, uh, Publishing Daily. Go on YouTube, search hashtag LockdownSEO. You will find me. 
That's great. And we'll see you next week, folks, where we have another great panel, some good stories, and hopefully some good discussion. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.